trying to explain to Bird that in order to be a real adult, she needs to learn how to use a calendar. You need to go into detail because I know how to Every use calendars. Every time we record a podcast, Bird's like, She's Will talking you about a, a calendar invite. Will you send a link? And I'm like, it's in the calendar invite. She's like, well, that doesn't work for me. How does that it, not work for you? You just it click doesn't, it. It doesn't work on my computer. No, I'm telling you, my computer doesn't sync my calendar invites. Okay, I get that. But one time I did ask Bird to create a calendar invite, and she said, how do you create a calendar invite? We're in different fields of work. Oh, my God. Um, okay, anyways, well, I'm hot off the road. I'm lucky to even be here because I just drove all the way home from New Orleans in a tornado, but finally back home and excited to be recording this podcast today. I am very glad that you made it back safely. I was worried about you. Allie called me and I was like, hey, I got to go. I'm in a tornado. But yeah, I just rolled in hot from a really fun – I keep calling it like a weekend. I'm like, best weekend ever in New Orleans. But I was literally there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it wasn't even the weekend. But I, long story short, had to get my global entry done in Biloxi. And then it kind of like turned into a little girls trip in New Orleans And we had such a good time. And I was just telling this to mom and dad, but like it was one of my favorite New Orleans trips. And I'll tell you why. Normally, when I go to New Orleans with my friends for like Mardi Gras or people would go for formals or this like sugar bowl, like just things like that. Like it's such an ordeal, you know, like it's a big event and there's all these things. And when I went in college, it was like a death sentence because you just knew you're going to be like drinking from basically like sunrise to Two, three a.m., you know, and this trip was so refreshing because, first of all, New Orleans was like empty. There was no one there. And we didn't like center the trip around drinking. It was like all about like just hanging out and like having a good, like relaxed time. Yeah. It was such a game changer. Yeah. I know. It is nice to do a fun city like New Orleans where it's like more laid back. Yeah. Cause I feel like normally when I think of New Orleans, I'm just like, oh, like, like that's such a commitment, but it was actually really relaxing. Totally. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our highs and lows of the week. You want to kick it off? I feel like you have a pretty uh, low low that you can start with that turned into a high. Oh, my God. Yeah, I literally remember. Yeah, I would just say my high was my trip to New Orleans and how, like, refreshing it was and just having a good time with the girls. I always love I'm team girl trip forever. Um, And then, yeah, my low. So – to get my global entry, I needed my passport and my license. And I thought that my purse was in dad's car and we'd only been home for two days. And I just like kept meaning to get it out, but he had been at work. So finally, like 930 at night before I leave to go nor- to go to Biloxi in the New Orleans, I'm like, oh, hey, dad, I need to grab my purse out of your car. My license is in there. Look in the car. No purse. Look in my room, no purse. Look in my bags from the beach, no purse. I was like, oh my God, where's my purse? And it wasn't just my wallet. It was also my vlog camera and basically like every important card that I own except for my passport. I did have that. But it was so weird because like when you lose something like that, it normally is like, I feel like normal to be kind of freaked out about it. But I was just like really like after the initial like, damn, I lost my stuff. I was kind of like, you know what? I need a new camera anyways, and I can get new cards. It's it's fine. Like, no reason to freak out about it. And lo and behold, canceled all my cards, got a new license, and the Airbnb called us, and they found it. But it was honestly kind of sus, and I know we haven't talked about this yet, like, together, but it's sus that the Airbnb didn't report that they had it until we called them. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Because, like, 
my license, like I have like at least four forms of ID in there with my name on it and my license, like my license, my student IDs in there, like all these different things with my name on it and picture. I'm like, it's pretty easy to find someone on Instagram or like even Facebook. That's a little sketch. Yeah. So, but anyways, long story short, it has been found and is being returned and I'm really happy. So yeah, that was a low that turned into a high. But I've like went to Instagram about it and talked about how I've been losing all my stuff lately. Like I've just been for like two or three months now, I'm just like losing stuff all the time. And before I was never like a loser person, not a loser person, but like a person to lose <laughs> things. And I've been losing stuff. And some, a lot of people told me, like Ali said, that it's a sign that I need to be slowing down, which is just like not a speed for me is slow, but someone said, a couple people sent me like meetings, like in-depth meeting meetings from the internet about how when you lose a bunch of stuff, it means that you're about to have like a brand new, like big beginning occur. Yeah. Cause you're going to have to start over with all new shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what's your high and low? Um, okay. My low was, this week, I I think I had bronchitis. Like, I was sick for 10 days. Really? I don't know what was going on. So I started going I've to I've been the feeling improv- really tired, too. Well, it was like I had this terrible chest cough and, like, tightness. And um, I was, I've been going to the infrared sauna here at Pure Sweat Studio, which I'm obsessed with. I just bought a membership. And I think that helped a lot. It just kind of clear. It detoxifies your whole system. And basically, it's like a different kind of sweat than you would get just like working out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that helped a lot. But that was kind of a low point just because I didn't feel my best. But I actually had three highs this week. Okay. The first is it's outdoor movie season in Nashville, which is really fun. I went to The Princess Diaries last night, which is such a good oh, movie. I saw that. Yeah, so it was, cute. It was a yeah. good time. Another high, I – um. Yesterday, I called like four different spas in Nashville trying to book a hydrofacial just because like I feel like my pores are super clogged going to the sauna all the time. So anyway, everyone was booked, of course, because it was like the day before. And then I go to the mall this morning to return something and there's this huge like hydrofacial setup in the parking lot of the Green Hills Mall. And it's like free hydrofacial, free hydrofacial. And those are normally like $200 facials. And I got a full hydrofacial. It wasn't even like a mini version for free, like randomly. I did not even like know about it. So that was pretty cool. And then lastly, I think, you know, this morning I was – I had a conversation with mom on the phone and I was just so like filled up after that conversation. And it just made me really grateful for where we are where mom is right now, just like in her life. And we were able to talk about just things that I never would have imagined talking with mom about, like talking about like Gabby Bernstein and she's really into her now, which I discovered Gabby like three years ago and I've read all of her books and she's just an amazing person kind of in the spiritual realm, like leader. She has amazing workshops and her podcast is great and mom's all into her now. And just like meditating. I was listening to her. Yeah. And just we we talked about like meditating and just stuff that I talked about in therapy this week. And I don't know, like it was just like a conversation that was really just like real and juicy and good. And I just feel like for so long, I didn't have that. You know, we didn't have that. Together. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. That's actually so crazy that you say that because I was just thinking about talking about this in the intro, but like I literally had the same exact thing happened to me today, but with Kynan and it's just an example of like when you're around healthy people who are in therapy it's so weird how like different conversations are like kind yeah. does therapy I do therapy and like mom and you and everyone's like 
who's you can just tell when people are prioritizing their mental health. So like me and Kinda were having a conversation today and it wasn't a bad conversation, but it was like a conversation with if I would have had it with anyone I've liked in the past, I feel like it would have been like a bad conversation. It was about communication skills. And normally I feel like they would have turned into like a fight or like some kind of, but it was just like, yeah, yeah, that's how you like, like, that's your like way you see it. Okay. This is how I see it. And then it's like, oh, okay. I respect the way you see it. And it was just like such a healthy conversation. Yeah. And I think it just showed that like when you're communicating with people who value protecting their like peace and energy and like therapy and mental health and all these things, it's just crazy how your conversations can be completely different than yeah. how you were used to them. And then it's hard to be around people that aren't prioritizing their mental health and taking care of themselves because you can't even like have those types of conversations anymore because it's just ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And like especially I think with boys, it's kind of like sometimes weird, like seeing like to be like weird for boys to like go to therapy or like things right. like that. So like being around a boy who prioritizes mental health is so awesome because like our family's kind of been on that lot big wave this year and yeah it just makes everything like so much more meaningful I think yeah kind of going off of that um I actually had a really good it's funny when you go to therapy and like you you're you go in with the mindset of like oh like I don't even have anything I really need to talk about like I'm in such a good place and like I feel like this is you know a waste of my time today and you come out and you're like wow that was the best session I've ever had that happened to me yeah. um, yesterday, actually. I went in just thinking like, you know, on a high from the beach and like so, you know, grateful that everyone's in a good place. And I was like, anyway, I've just kind of felt like burnout. Like I have – I've always had a hard time like asking for help, just saying I need help because to me it comes – it feels like I'm admitting like weakness and I don't like that. And, you know, speaking of like all these podcasts like Gabby Bernstein and all these things and like I – I'm always like trying to absorb new information, trying to better myself like somewhere or the other, whether it's like journaling my vision for 15 minutes, writing down a list of like all the things I'm grateful for, like, you know, listening mm-hmm. to end my podcast every time I go on a walk. It's kind of like overdrive. My brain just like goes into overdrive and like I don't even reap any of the benefits from doing those things because yeah. it's just such yeah. a rigid system. This weekend, I'm actually – what I'm excited about is just giving myself space to like get into the rhythm that works for me and just whatever that looks like, whether it's just like going on a walk without headphones in and just kind of having a minute with myself or just like waking up and, you know, maybe just like free flow journal writing for like two or three pages and like let that be it instead of putting all this pressure on myself to like have it be this big thing that other people are telling yeah. me I should do. Yeah. I feel like you're when it comes to the world of the woo – your brain will tell you and your body will kind of tell you what it wants. So like, I'm not the big, like, I don't wake up and want to journal. And that's just something that how I am. And when I've made myself do it, it's like unnatural. I feel like I'm like writing a, a homework paper. And right. I'm like, this isn't fun. But then when I wake up, and I'm like, oh, you know what, I really need to meditate right now. It's like I list when you listen to your body, and it can be hard. because there's so many different things like you can really get into the woo woo grind. And feel like you need to be journaling and meditating and holding a crystal right. and doing a sound bath and rubbing a bowl and like all these different things. But your brain just goes into like overdrive. Like I can't take any more of this in. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And so that's something that I'm going to work on. See, I'm like giving it, I'm making it sound like work to myself, but just making it yeah. just feel good. Like listening to my body and like what feels good. And um, yeah, you know, I think that's definitely. something that I'm excited about, about doing. Something I'm excited about going off of that would be um, Dad's band is playing tonight, 
which I'm really excited about. I get to go see him at Harrison's and I'm going to go meet um, a friend of mine and Perry, Megan Perry at St. Leo before. And yeah, I'm just excited to like be here because I think like up until going to New Orleans, I've been like, okay, got to go to the beach. Then yeah. I got to do my bubble entry. And now I'm like here and so, yeah, just kind of excited to be at home and like enjoy being here and yeah, all those totally. things. I feel like I'm still a homebody. Like I wouldn't because I think that when I moved, everyone thought, oh, you're actually not a homebody. But I think a homebody is just someone who enjoys being at home. Doesn't mean you have to be at home. Yeah. But I really, really do just enjoy being at home. Like when I'm home, I just kind of want to be at home. Totally. I was going to say one of I think a shared low that we had from this week was um, when we thought mom was in Asheville. Oh, my God. y'all! This is like this such is... an honest thing about like having family members <sighs> in recovery. You're always scared yeah. of them relapsing or something. It's always in the back of your mind. Yeah, so basically I'm in New Orleans yesterday and like I just feel like I'm not really a super relaxed person and that's just kind of how I am. Like I like to be in the know. I like to know what's going on and I like to make sure my people are where they're supposed to be. So I love find my friends. I don't look at it like religiously, but I was waiting for Perry and she was in an Uber. So naturally I'm like tracking her like, okay, when's she going to be here? She's, you know, she's good. So I'm looking at find my friends and I look at underneath Perry, it says mom or birth giver on my phone. Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm like, that's weird because she was literally in Oxford this morning sending pictures of our pool. Why is she at Wynn's apartment in Nashville? So immediately, instead of like thinking about it, I just call every single family member. Bird calls me multiple times. And I'm like, his mom in Nashville with you? And she's like, no, why? And I'm like, a screenshot. She's at Wynn's apartment. And I'm, I'm like, I like, think he relapsed. And I'm frantically calling Wynn he answers and I'm like is mom in your apartment and he's like no like I just got back from like AA or something like that and I was like oh my god no he called me he goes I look called Allie and I said shit I don't think she's in my apartment unless she's like in my closet or something <laughs> anyways it ended up being that my mom's Wynn's like phone was popping up under my mom's Apple ID so it was like his Wynn's location but my mom's name but that does really go to show like when you have a family member in recovery, how you're kind of like, even though we just had wins one year, which I thought to myself, damn, this is really going to be a shitty relapse so because far. we just had this big party for his one year. You're always kind of like, oh, what's going on? And, you know, it doesn't just fade away. You like that worry, like, shouldn't still be there. Yeah. And that was kind of, yeah, I successfully freaked everyone out in the span of like three minutes. <laughs> I'm like, when will we stop? panicking like that maybe never hopefully soon I don't know I don't know it's natural anyway um bird I am just so excited that you get to meet Sarah Sarah is the coolest person ever she um honestly is just like light in human form like she is the most positive optimistic bubbly person she is a producer she founded her own production company she was one of the producers for the home edit show that we were filming all summer last year and so we got to know each other and we spent a lot of time together doing that and she's launched her own podcast this week it's called now tell me something good and you know when you meet someone and you just like instantly have like a soul connection and like you have the best conversations and you walk away just feeling so fulfilled and that's how I feel with her every single time and I think that she has so many qualities that I admire but one of them is she makes everyone she's around feel seen and heard when you're with her you feel like you are the most important person like the most fascinating person and I feel like that's such a good quality 
because I think that so many people are so insecure. So when they're around people, like you leave kind of feeling bad because of their insecurities, but she's just so authentically herself and confident and you can just immediately tell when you're around her. And that's, you know, something that I aim to be. And I'm just so glad to know her and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful she was able to come on today. Yeah, that is literally like the highest form I feel like of compliment or like goal or inspiration just like to be someone that people feel good being around and then like after being around because I feel like there's those people in your life that kind of are like energy sucking and then those people who are like energy givers and I don't know I just kind of look at her as like a older sister figure like just someone that I admire and she's definitely an expander in my life and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode we're really excited to welcome Sarah to go call your sister I am so good. Thank you guys for being. I have had a really wacky, you know, some Fridays are chill and you can like roll into the week. I bring that energy to every Friday, no matter what's on the docket for Friday, which can sometimes make Fridays really intense. (laughs) Cause other, like I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of meetings like right, they just got pushed right up before this. I had a really spacious day and then suddenly didn't. And well, thank you for fitting us in. Oh my God, you guys, I'm stoked to be here. This was the thing I was most excited about for Friday. (laughs) Okay, well, I've been telling my sister all about you. I'm like, you have to meet Sarah. She literally is sunshine in human form. She is the best. And I just knew you guys would hit it off. So I'm really glad that you all got to meet. I know. She was just saying like the best things about you. And I was like, I can't wait. And we were talking before this and I was just really excited. So thank you so much for joining us. I know. Us I was today. telling I was telling Bird how like every time we're together, we end up having this like long, intense, like the most the best conversations. But the juiciest literally, I will pan the room. And if Allie is in that room, that is the person whose energy I'm gonna be with. Like I would like I would like to you have to do like, you know, say your hellos to everybody, but then it's like I just wanna pull aside, find a corner with Allie and like solve the world's problems. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I remember. That. That's how I, I think the, the first time that I think that we became on that level is I remember it was like the hottest day of filming. I don't know where we were, like Ryland's house, I think. And we were in that back bedroom, and you come in, and I've been back there for a while working and just like running around. And then we sit down, and I'm like, "Do you want to just sit and not talk to each other?" And you were like, "Yes, <laughs> please." I remember that. That is the that is like the highest form of intimacy. You know what I, I mean? Extroverted society, particularly where we're like having to be out there. Like that was so, I remember that vividly and the sense of just like such, that was like that, then you became almost like family comfort energy around me <laughs> after that, because it was just like, you have a safe space that you don't have to be like, I've been really consciously working on like my filler. You know what I mean? Right. Like when there's, if having to, you know, cause talk is a little easier for me. I can recognize that. And like, I sometimes hold the weight for the, for the dynamics that I'm in and yeah, I yeah. work on like so saving some of that energy and being like, and now you're going to be okay with <laughs> forced pause. Right. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day. Like there are certain people, you know, if you're with them and it's silent, it's just so you're like, um, and I'm the same way. Like, I will just talk until everyone feels comfortable. Right. But then, yeah, like, there are those people, and you know, it's the best. And you can just sit there and be like, you know what? 
When you can have that comfortable Nothing. silence with someone where you don't have to fill it with anything, just sit there and like rest in it. Like it's so nice. And it's so rare, I feel like, to have those relationships. It's it's wild. It, sorry, my backlighting on this lighting is insane. I had to close that. <laughs> No, it's so, it's so, it's so, ri- okay, that's even worse. Sorry. Let me, <laughs> sorry to your listeners. <laughs> now we're in the dark, but we're going to go back in the light. Hold on. Feng shui. We can continue in this environment, right? Not when we're women with choices. There we go. That looks nice. Are you still in the same house? I'm in the same house. I'm in a room. This is the most. So my husband's Israeli. Should I call you Bird or Sarah Caroline or Sarkar? It's hard. Whatever to- you prefer. There's a lot of choices. Whatever, yeah. whatever you're drawn. Whatever to. you feel hey. resonates with. Accelerate into Bird if I have permission. Okay, yeah, go ahead straight to Bird. That's perfect. It's so funny. Like when people, it's so. I always notice it. Like when people go from saying like either Sarah Caroline or Sarkar, and it's like the first time they say it, and they're like, "Hey, Bird," and I'm like. Did you just call me bird? Like I always know when they've gotten to that point, but you've just gone straight there and that's perfect. That's that's well, amazing. I felt permission because it was served to me on the platter by Allie. And then I felt like um, it was an option to eat. And it I don't did think it I've, ever, I've never referred to you as anything else. So sorry for always introducing you as bird. Sarah Caroline's no, just a mouthful I, to me. Yeah. I love when people call me bird. I feel like they're like my, if you're calling me bird, you're like my comfort zone people. So you're great. You're there already. Okay, <laughs> so. good. Good, good, good. Um, I don't even remember. What was the question? Oh, am I still in the same um, house? Yes. yes. You guys, I am, I am now dropping in. I can feel that my body has now arrived on the scene. At first, it was just – or my soul has entered my body. You know when you enter a room when you go from one thing to the next and you're just like, I'm just a body, but my, I'm still in that other space? I'm now together in this moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, I am. I'm in the same house. Um, Bird. And I'm going to go back to Sarah Caroline and Bird just because I am a Sarah and – Okay. I love another Sarah as well. So yeah, definitely. Um, we so my husband and I, when COVID hit, we moved. We went totally ro- nomadic, and we just didn't have any plans. And that was a huge exercise in relinquishing control as someone with so much Virgo in my chart. Um, and I, we ended up finding our way, like leaving Brooklyn after ten years, and then finding our way to California and to and to Santa Monica, which we're in this house now, but. I was in this big space and my husband, who's Israeli, and if you know anything about Israelis, they have, it's like, they have like, I always like, I truly believe they like shout out a window and have like a whistle and then they all like find each other. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Israeli underground, something happened that these uh, architects like came in the night and they built these pressurized walls in this room. There's a, there's a keypad in here for acoustics, but um, they built up a, I'm in a, I'm in a fake I'm in a fake room right now. It's like a room. It has seal. It has a ceiling and everything, but it's a pressurized wall that we just built in this apartment because it's wow. very normal in New York. Is this not? This is not normal other places. No, I've never heard of this. Never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if your viewers love, your listeners love a pressurized wall story, then they're going to be very satisfied by this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so is that your studio for the podcast? This is my studio for the podcast. I just like the importance of having a door to close. Like, because yeah. my yes. husband is sharing a space, even though he's on a duplex and like, 
I don't know. He's like an involuntary singer when he listens to music. <laughs> oh my God. I have friends like that. <laughs> Libby. Um, yeah, Libby for sure. So it just oh wasn't gosh. it wasn't gonna work really for me. And and just but there's something so just the, the the power of closing a door. Truly. It's like it's changed. I've done such a like a quantum leap since this thing was built three months ago. I feel like I had a, a paradigm shift. Like there's this like new kind of sanctuary feeling of entering and exiting a space, particularly when you're working from home, yeah. you know, where everything's like there's yeah. all the lines are bled everywhere. And it's just, you kind of feel like, should I always be working? Should I never be working? You're sort of like, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, they're not, the visual cues are a little misleading. Um, so having a space and it just feels like, just feels really, it feels delicious and a world I could have never imagined living in New York. You know, we, we right. all are like, masochists living in shoeboxes in New York but here you have you have more spaciousness and I'm just so I'm 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 grateful I'm grateful for the pressurized wall business what can I say well yeah, thank goodness say, for Yogi's um Israeli family and friends that just came to the rescue <laughs> <laughs> it's like showed up not like zoned or legal or anything that's happening like it's like we won't tell we won't tell the city of Santa Monica that you're building walls <laughs> Um, oh my uh, god how are you guys good good we um just got back from family beach trip for two days it was super quick and just great honestly like such a good trip and bird literally just walked in the door from new orleans so yeah like 35 minutes ago oh my gosh so you're in that same energy yeah yeah you know, but I feel like when I drive, I just kind of like disassociate the whole time. And I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> I don't, I've always been that way. Just like turn on the podcast or music. And I'm just like, oh, I'm home. Okay. And then there was a little bit of a um, tornado incident that we were driving. And I was like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just cute driving. I got home. My mom was like, how was your drive, sweetie? And I was like, actually, <laughs> I was protecting your peace. And I didn't tell you that I drove through a tornado, but it was fine. Otherwise, she was like, oh, Thank you for protecting my piece. That was That's like, such awesome. a good gift, Bird. I know. I know. We've really learned some things. Because normally I'd be like, Mom, I'm in a tornado. What do I do? What do I do? And I was like, you know what? It's fine. Just get through it. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. <laughs> I've never used that. I heard that expression before, protecting your piece. That's beautiful. Yeah. I feel like dad says that all the time. Like, got to protect yeah, the piece. My, fam- <laughs> my family's big on protecting the piece. Which is funny because uh, – we haven't always. We been used to good not be it. that way, and then we all went to therapy, and now we protect each other's peace. <laughs> that really- therapy shift—it's a game changer. It changes everything. It's like you can smell it out now. My mom's a therapist. I've been in therapy since I was eight, off and on my entire like That's my entire so lucky. life. Now I realize that at the time yeah. it was like this bizarre clinical inconvenience because I wouldn't like because she just like had me go there so I could learn to express and my emotions and be able to sort of self-advocate and all that stuff that you are grateful for later um but I can smell when someone hasn't gone to therapy like even with collaborative partners at work I'm like oh I don't know if this is gonna work your cap your cap is a little like your all your shit's gonna spill over into work you know like it's it's such a it's such a if anyone who has the opportunity and the luxury and the privilege to get to go to therapy, go to therapy. Like there's just yeah. therapies for winners, yeah. straight up. That's there's it. so many free ways to go to access it. We now, were literally know? just talking about this, literally yeah. right before you hopped on about how you can just tell, like you just it's so much. Everything's better. 
everything is better. Everything is better. And then you combat and then you like also, you know, you maintain and build for me. I have have had different seasons of relationships with therapy. You know, I took like a long, I, I had that therapy that like was that intense therapy when I first moved, like when I first sort of was in my early twenties and like bridging into adulthood and like figure, you know, and, and, and just losing a little bit of that, you know, becoming an, an adult, whatever that means, which I only feel I'm 34 and I only feel like I'm just embarking on that. So in case for everyone in their twenties, like, you don't even you think you're at the party you don't even have directions to the party yeah the party is like it gets better and better and better but it's a really tumultuous time you know like to be you know you're sort of you have just so much you're carrying from childhood you know and so much you're wanting to say like I I looked at it and I was just like I don't want to bring this into this next season of my life you know and it's just the best therapy's therapy is the it's the best money I ever spend. Even though every time I feel great, I'm like, I don't need to do this. You know? I was yeah. literally just saying that in the intro. You'll hear it when you listen to this episode. But I this week I was like, God, this is going to be the biggest waste of money. Like I'm in such a good place. And it was the best session I didn't know I needed, you know? I saw this TikTok and this girl was like, every week I feel a sense of betrayal when my therapist sends me a bill because she's my best friend. Why is she charging me? And it's a free hour of comic relief. Why is she charging me? And I'm like, so true. Uh, it is It is a brutal transaction though at the end of it because it is that, tra- like there is that moment that you do have to like stomach of just being like valuing the price of just sort of yeah. like, Particularly when you're, I'm in this season with my therapist now where I'm doing like 90% of the therapizing and then she's like tying it up in a bow. (laughs) I'm starting to kind of be like, and maybe I'll just, I'll I'll ask her because I got to, you know, you got to find a therapist with a strong backbone who's going to call you on your bullshit, particularly when you're quite convincing. You know, and and yeah, but she, but still the pay, the paycheck. Sometimes I'm like, but it's always worth it. It's always worth it. There's it's always some, funny, like at the end when you feel like you just had this deep connection, and then you get up and you like send her a Venmo or whatever, and then you're like, okay, have a good week. It just feels so wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I thought I thought I was telling you my biggest, deepest, darkest secrets. Why am I paying you? I know. It's like it's like um having it's like what I imagine like sex work gone wrong might feel like where you have this like beautiful intimate like if you're like I feel really thriving and then you have to pay for it that was great here you go oh my god Um, okay well we do have some questions that we can do I feel like we could keep going like this whatever you prefer freestyle pod Literally, um, literally anything. I'm just happy. I'm just happy to be here with you, beautiful faces. Oh, I know. Well, hopefully, we'll be together soon in person. But so, you launched your own podcast this week. Tell us about that and Common Ground Studios. And what I love about you is that we're both manifesting generators, which means we have to do a million and one things at once, or we're just not okay. My therapist actually asked me if I had high functioning ADHD this week, so that's <laughs> <working>. um, <laughs> but tell us what's going on with you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, the manifesting. So, okay. So, so many things. Let's ease into the door. Let's have the door to that be the manifesting generator thing, because I think that is a more reflective, uh, that's a better lantern for this path, this entry point into this. For Because I, 
I've spent my whole life. So I've been I've been a television producer and film producer and wherever there's a camera and there's someone who's needing to be, you know, telling the story, I'm somewhere nearby um, for like 12 years. My dad owned a production company growing up. I was always around the camera. I just love storytelling in whatever medium. Full theater kid, realized like I was like a little bit like more uh, socially flexible than the rest of the theater kids. But like, I love, (laughs) (laughs) but those are still like somewhere in my heart. Those are also my people, you know? Um, But I just, I wanted, yeah. I feel like all people are your people. All all people are my people. I love people, which I didn't know that not everyone felt that kind of enthusiasm for other people's (laughs) stories and experience. But, um, But it's been a really, all that to say is like, I'm 34. It's been a really long path of of acquiring all these skills, of walking down this pathway that feels like, okay, this is the trajectory, and then kind of get there and be like, oh, this thing that I saw that I was reaching for, I've arrived. It's actually not my place. And I, you know, so I I built, I want to ground this in the manifesting generator thing, because the thing about a manifesting generator for me that has guided everything I'm doing right now, which is starting my own production company and launching this podcast, is I've realized that I'm always, I'm designed to be doing multiple things at once. I'm designed to be a high-functioning ADD, have someone <laughs> with high-functioning ADD. You know, that's, and, and I've spent so much of my life resisting that feeling mm-hmm. and like trying to force myself into a box that's always felt very minimizing. Even if it's, even if I'm hopping around between identities, the feeling of saying it's this or has always felt really depleting for me on a soul level, like really energetically. Like I'm like, yeah, but I'm also so much this. I'm equally all these things. And and I'm dynamic and I'm changing and I'm growing and I need to follow what's lighting me up. And so a huge thing that's happened to me this year is giving myself, or the last few years, giving myself a major permission slip to do that, which is why, I, yes, I'm launching a podcast. It comes out on Monday. It's called Now Tell Me Something Good. I spent two months building an entire other podcast that was wonderful and could have been great by any other metric of success. It was like ready to to launch. There would have definitely been an audience for it. It would have been great. But I had a real sort of come to Jesus. I'm a Jew, but Jesus was the ultimate <laughs> rabbi. Um, I, had, I had like a real sobering moment of just being like, whoa, I'm in, if I've learned anything from being alive, but also from from COVID, from this experience, from this like new freedom, this whole like revolutionary energy that's still available to us now as the world is shifting. I don't want it doesn't if the world is not right for me, and if that if that's success by another person's metric, then I'm never going to be happy there. Even when I achieve mm-hmm. that success, it's never really going to fuel me. And so. I but like to me, I'm feeling so I, I did something that felt really courageous for me. And I just destroyed the whole thing and let that be creation for creation's sake and let it not be something that had to be monetized. And, you know, I still had a team, paid my team and like swallowed all of that, but like felt really in my conviction to just be like, what's the ride and the world that I actually want to be making? And that's around uplifting storytelling and and building, like helping people understand more about optimism as a mindset, as an accessible, tangible, practical practice versus this really distorted version of optimism, um, which is that so much of the theme that now tell me something good is going to be. And, and I feel like that's where my power is going to come in. And the same thing has happened for Common Ground Studios. I launched my own production company because... 
I just feel like I'm like, I, I life is so short. Why would I continue on another person's ride when I have the, the ability? All it is is a little self-belief, right? Which is the hardest thing, but it's just creating a space that I want to live in. If I want to build a world that feels different and I want to build a world that is really going to be reflective of who I am and I'm going to end my little blip of my life and I'm going to look back and be like, did I live my life or did I live like a societal standards version of life that was fine, but like I'm I'm really flexing that freedom muscle. So that was a very long-winded way because I'm in this kind of metamorphosis at the moment Mm -hmm. of just like really getting clear on who I am, which is shocking how hard that is to hear with all the society, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I've always been the biggest advocate for just doing what, and I think that I didn't even think that way. Like I always thought, you know, and Allie and I grew up the same way, like thinking there's a path and we need to do what everyone else is doing. But I think COVID really is what shifted my perspective of we actually, you can do what you want to do. There's always a way. So I love that. No, all I was going to say is like more than ever, there's a way because we've all been forced, we've faced our worst fear, right? We've had all all of our certainty ripped out, believe us. We've discovered that we actually can handle change. We are more malleable. We are more capable and resilient. Now we have proof. Now our brain actually has proof that we've had that and it's really fresh. And in general, if you look across the playing field, all of the old institutions and standards are 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 like trembling in their boots because of the other uprising movement. Like there's there's a feeling of like the portals are open, the gatekeepers have left their gates. It's like the world belongs to the people who have the audacity to just make one imperfect step in front of the other imperfect step in front of the other imperfect step. And like, what is something that you've always wanted? Like it's just the most open time we've ever had, I believe. I think it's hard going back to the whole manifesting generator thing. If you're not into human design, look it up. You'll understand. But it's hard being a manifesting generator because like I feel like the world tells you you have to do one thing. Like you can't have all these things going on at once. But in actuality, you can and that's where you thrive. But I also think it's hard. I don't know if it's like the Enneagram 3 in me or what it is, but it's like you can do a lot. Like you – I know that I am capable of doing a lot of things. And whatever I do and my name's on, like, it's going to be good. But then it's figuring out, like, what do you want to be doing? What are, What's filling you up? And what are you just doing because other people expect you to do it? And that's really hard. It's that's, – that's the hardest. That's the absolute – you and I are comically designed similarly, Allie. Like, we have <laughs> – uh, like, we're threes, we're MGs, and we're, you know, we can be type – we can shift into a type A, we're high – we have a lot of energy, a lot of discipline, a lot of ambition. And if we don't, if we're not the ones guiding those horses, like we can get swept up in so many other buildings, so many other people's worlds. And there's beauty in that. And we should be building, you know, it's not like, you know, self-made is a, is a marketing scheme. It doesn't exist, right? We need, we need collaborative work. But I have found, and maybe it will be a value to you because I've, I've really, I've found and I've been practicing so much over the last five years of releasing my grip on this idea of having to be in a box, which means by releasing my grip means like releasing my fear of what other people are going to judge or how other people are going to go. But what do you do? What? I don't understand. So what do you do? You're this? No, you're that? You're this? And you're just like, I'm not really here for you, Karen or Diane. <laughs> So like there's like just realizing that you're like, I'm not going to be happy 
I'm just de- like, we're designed, I'm going to speak in we and reject anything that doesn't feel like we, but like, since we have the same design, yeah. what's brought me a lot of real nourishing, sensitive, like actual deep contentment, a different kind of like happy than a flighty, you know, oh, I got that accolade and I got that affirmation, which is, you know, feels amazing and delicious and is addictive. But that stuff that's been really filling me is like pulling up on a higher, getting a little higher viewpoint of what are the like the primary themes of everything. Because I was getting caught up in the feeling of like, well, it has to have a through line. Everything I have has to have this like really clear to the public through line of all the projects I'm working on. Otherwise, people are going to think I'm flighty if I'm going from this project to that project, which is really us just like resisting our design, right? Mm -hmm. We're designed for that. And that's where our magic comes in to be able to you know, come in and build that and let it flow out there and we're on to the next thing. Um, but I've been finding taking a 30,000 square foot or 30,000 foot view, square foot, 30,000 foot view um, is so much more liberating because it's just like the act of choosing you and not betraying you and not centering someone else's like the act of choosing you is so exhilarating that it's a high that like when you access it and you take that courageous step of just being like following your gut, following your gut, following your gut, and you pull back and this like messy winding all these different fragmented pieces make this beautiful picture in this mosaic that like time will show you, you know, it's that trust letting time like be like, oh, I look back at my life and all these what other people thought was like hodgepodge random fragmented collage is this like comprehensive piece now, you know, or so that that's given me so much comfort because I think it's so driven by our societal pressures of like, what is a, like, like success and the metrics of success are, are cultural. It's only cultural. It's like not our nature. And so really when we're divorced and disconnected from our true nature, it doesn't matter if we're making, if we're doing something that society is saying is right. We're not going to be happy when we get there because mm-hmm. it's not our our truth and our success. I just got chills when you were talking about the thirty thousand foot view and the mosaic, and that's so true. So thank you for sharing that. It resonates with me so much. It's insane. You're frozen I, for me, but I feel your I feel your energy. <laughs> no, there was a second there where there was a second there while you were talking that our Wi-Fi just went out, and I was like chilling like all right I will come back eventually <laughs> that hot back in I was like yeah 30,000 view yeah <laughs> anyways <laughs> um our wi-fi is so shitty here okay my way to go on worst wi-fi it's insane I know I like, on it all damn, the time we work like, on it all doing? the time <laughs> something something I want to ask about because I know you mentioned optimism earlier and I just love this question. We're kind of jumping around, but yeah. I want to ask you about what role optimism has played in your life and how can we bring more of it into our lives? Because I'm watch I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, oh my God, like you are easily one of the most optimistic people I've ever met. And I've known you for 26 minutes and 54 <laughs> seconds. So I'm like, this is great. Um, but enough for me to call you bird, bird. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> I am like on this mission to bring optimism back into our mainstream understanding because it's been so, I think it's gotten so swept up. So just first, like before I answered that question, I just want to tell you what I define optimism to be too, because that will be like determined because I just stopped cringing like a few years ago when I would say optimism, because it felt like it had all this packaging of like toxic positivity or just this sort of like avoidant 
tech, like a perception about it, but optimism in it's like real grounded form. What I believe is it's like two things. Life is so effing short. It is so short. And we have so much brain power to be everything we experience and perceive in the world, like outside of obviously like some environmental pressures and things we can only, if I can only control how I react to something, right. It's that simple, uh, like easy, you guys are both frozen, but I'm with, but I'm with you. <laughs> Am I frozen? frozen. Wait, your Wi-Fi is terrible. (laughs) Okay. Am am I still frozen? Moving right along. (laughs) You're back. You're back. (laughs) Um, So two things really that like freak me out. We have, if, if there's truths in the world, if two truths exist, life is really short. And we don't know what happens next, straight up, right? We can hope, we can wish. I really hope so much. I hear a lot of doctrines that I really, really hope are right. And I'm going to go for that. And I can put my belief for it. But if the other truth that is simultaneous is I only have the power to be able to react to the world, to be able to determine how I respond, then I best damn double down on the way that I'm able to filter through information and double down for me, right? Because I'm here so, I'm here such a short little blip. And if I surrender this, like, if I try and spend energy controlling these things that I've already determined is a truth that I can't control, the external elements of the world, then I'm all my energy that I use, like, we use energy towards anxiety or excitement. We use it towards possibility or, you know, destruction. And so, like, so optimism, all this to lead to the answer of your question, optimism is a mindset. And mindsets can be learned and mindsets can be strengthened and mindsets can be like, it's the 1% shifts that change our entire directions, right? It's those tiny little 1% shifts. Usually it's those like truths in your, those truths that we all take as like, yeah, yeah, we know, we know, we know, but we don't really do every day, right? Simple, simple things like, like a, a, like recognizing when you are catastrophizing and re- and then trying to counter it immediately. When I catastrophize, I force myself to counter immediately with an exaggerated version of an amazing thing. Like equally, did, then I can see how ridiculous <laughs> the scenarios are, and I and then I live in the middle. You know what right. I mean? It's oh like, my god, <laughs> Ali, I should have done that yesterday <laughs> with my brother oh. yesterday. I look. I tracked my mom, and she was at my brother's. He, she was at my brother's apartment, but it was really my brother's Apple ID showing up as my mom's name. And I was like, "My brother relapsed, and my mom's there." So I should have been like, "My mom is." I don't know. I, I guess I could have shifted that. My mom's surprising went with a new car, and I'd be like, "That's not happening either." Okay, cool, perfect. For Apple ID, but honestly, right? Because like we spend, and then we spend so like they're both fictitious scenarios. You don't know what's happening with your mom in either scenario. So why would you deprive yourself of another extreme version that can kind of start leveling you out? Right? Like we take Mm -hmm. ourselves on these crazy extreme rides that like it's truly just like to me. I think of it as like is this a is this like a constructive use of my imagination or is this a destructive use of my imagination? Because they're both my imagination. Right. Straight up. I I don't know. I'm not like I can't read the future. I'm I am. I know that I'm like involved in building it, (laughs) whether I am consciously on that ride or not. I am building it. So I might as well try and show myself like push the edges of both possibilities. Right. This like horrifying you know what? We're so good at it. It's addictive. It's like it's like a seductive lady. You know, it's like it feels good. 
sometimes to be like, oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. And it takes our responsibility off of us, right? It takes all of our agency away. We're no longer responsible for it. It's like kind of a nice, like, and like, people, I don't know. People feed off that. Like there are groups of people that you're around and they're like, this is the worst. This is the worst. This is the worst. You have to be like, oh my God, no. No. <laughs> I, exactly. Exactly. And like everyone loves a good shit talk. Everyone loves a good like data dump. You know what I mean? Like like call it just like <laughs> I like call it good data collection. Like we're to we're relaying what we what we do know about a circumstance and situation. <laughs> but like it's so much more fucking so can I can I swear? I'll just yeah. say thing. Yeah, no, you can swear. <laughs> we say we say fucking a lot to my mom. Great, great. <laughs> I don't know why I've, I've just been like because I'm I'm having these like newsy interviews lately too. I'm just like because I say fuck on the but, um, but it's so much more fucking fun. It's just more fun to be alive like that. Like it's, it's shocking how much, like we hear all the time, you know, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. And the only time, like there's truth in that, right? Obviously you never want to override your beautiful teachers, like the most gorgeous, beautiful teachers that keep us alive, like rage, grief, you know, frustration, failure, fear, like all that stuff is, is beautiful. They're informants, they're teachers, but you also like then need to flex the other part of it. That's just like, wow, look how much like, you know, time moves in quantum leaps and I'm able to just like jump and I have one thought that changes my entire worldview. And I like, and I can be like laughing if I'm going to be like, if I'm going to be running in the rain, am I going to be like, Oh my God, the rain. <laughs> or am I going to be like, this is you guys, I was about to walk. Let me tell you an example of this in the exact wild, just how I know it works so beautifully. I had been preparing my wedding. I got married in what I call a performance art venue. It was there were almost 500 people at my wedding in Tel Aviv. <laughs> so, and I'm like, we don't know everybody, whatever. <laughs> so, so I had built this whole wedding, produced my whole wedding, spent like, you know, a year planning this, all this thing went wrong, whatever, but it like, it ended up being perfect. I had like 80 people fly over. It's like a big to do all eyes on me. Uh, two hours before I walked down the aisle, I went to go take pictures in some sort of thousand-year-old building that had some sort of thousand-year-old dust around. And they got into my eye. My eye had an allergy attack to this pollen. <laughs> and my entire face swelled up. Like, you know that movie, The Avatar, where everyone's face is like flat and lined to be? I was just like, are you kidding me? And it was like, all eyes on me. There are 500 people there, okay? 500 people there. And I was like, well, shit. I can't, like, I looked insane. No one could enter the room. I had every friend of every walk of life. Someone had just gotten their, like, shamanic Native American, like, so I was like, in here. I had another doctor in here. Like, everyone's doing just, like, crazy voodoo on me. No one in the room without having a laugh at my face, okay? That's what we were working with. Every all my hair, my makeup, everything was. I I grew. Do you ever watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. What's the what's the what's the brand Brandon the boy who's in the wheelchair ends up being in the wheelchair? You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was giving off heavy Brandon vibes the whole time. <laughs> I was, and I had to like I had stripped down out of my dress for some reason. I had all these ideas. I'm like maybe the inflammation will come down. I'm this, it was pure chaos, mind you. I am in a venue where no one speaks English. My Hebrew is like gone because I'm on so much Benadryl and I'm just like I'm, I'm <laughs> naked in the back I've climbed on my sink I'm wearing now like a Brandon cloth wrapped around me <laughs> and everyone is waiting for me everyone is waiting for one hour for me to walk down the aisle okay? <laughs> and I'm just like well 
I gotta go, right? Like, and I remember looking in the fucking mirror, seeing my apps. I wouldn't have recognized me in a lineup. I looked in my, my, my hair and makeup person. I had to shuttle her back an hour in a cab for her to come back to create some sort of 3D dimensionality on my face using makeup. Dead serious. I looked like I had such bad work done, you guys. I looked like, and it was going to be my big reveal to Yogi's hot American wife walking down the aisle. And I just looked in the mirror when I was about to do it. And I just, I had to laugh because I had two fucking choices for that night. Everything that I had pushed everything for was I going to let my insane... <laughs> like elephantitis face <laughs> stop me from stop me from experience like all the like all the like spiritual soulful friend parts of being in a wedding or was I going to just crumble and let it be the world look at the world this is like so unfair that this all this happened I produced my entire way in this and I put everything like and I literally went in there and there's nothing more sobering than that choice you make that changes your entire fucking paradigm and you just make a decision and it's a full body decision and I full bodied laughed because everyone's like you're so crazy like I was crazy at the end of it obviously I'm on like I have so I have a cocktail of like every every kind of like I'm on I'm on just like cognac and Benadryl and like some sort of like you know made of herbs like I'm in just like pumping through I've done like 360 meditations I am just delusional I I will send you guys the video of me walking down the aisle because I'm like because, but I had to make a decision. There was a point where I asked Yogi, please, my husband's name is Yogi. We call him Yogi. He is not. I was like, I really am going to need you not to lift my veil. <laughs> this is not easy. Like, I have to lift my And then he said that he had to marry me with that face in front of his whole community. But I made the decision. I applied. And I'm so grateful because I know my optimism practice allowed me to do that. I know my optimism practice allows me to like, really make that decision to come through and be like public as fuck <laughs> at the lowest part of my life <laughs> like just and to end up being in my memory bank the best part of my wedding the best part of my wedding the love and the liberation that you feel when you're just literally your last fuck is gone and you're <laughs> so and you're just like you see like you you're like all your dreams are down. All literally was all being fueled by my desire for for Yogi's friends and family to be like, wow, what a beautiful American wife Yogi has really married up here. And all that was just plummeted. So, so I'm gonna tell you that this shit works. It works like and, and I have and like I've never laughed harder ever that that night. I've never and the swelling did not go down for like three days. I had other events over that and I just look like I had some bad batch botch work done I look like I had bad filler bad like facial facial filler bad like I had chosen to get like really try out some new plastic surgery right <laughs> you know what that's putting oh sickness and health beauty and allergic reaction like all the things Dude, he was like also he looked it up he was like a little gasp like as he lifted it up the rail and he's like <laughs> I'm like you fucking you're fucking lying but you're a good liar and we're gonna keep you <laughs> oh my god 
I just like my so, stomach hurts from laughing. Same. Oh my god. Oh my god. I will send you photos of it because like, I need to see I want the, the video. Photos. There's no. I want the video. I need oh to my see god. it. Wait, dark, speaking dark. Okay, speaking of Yogi, I never I'm have not met him, but I feel like I know him from yeah. Instagram and just <laughs> hearing you talk about him. I love y'all's relationship. It is just it seems just like the best. Like you guys are just so comfortable with each other and I remember you telling me when you met him, you were like in the middle of the street, of course you were, and you're like I will never be bored with this man. And you just knew it immediately and it seems like you guys just have the most fun. Oh my God. I have the most – we've been together, bird for you to know. We've been together for almost – we've been together for over 11 years. So wow. we like grew up together. We met each other and three months later, I moved to Tel Aviv with him. Like he just like smelled like adventure to me but in a stable way, which is a new <laughs> – it was a rare feeling, right? But like we've totally – we've been 9,000 people together. We went through our 20s together. How many people you are in your 20s and then in your 30s, you know? Um so yeah, we've been together forever and we literally like met in this outdoor galleria. He was with his cousin selling Dead Sea products. Classic, <laughs> classic Israeli archetype. <laughs> and I he approached me and I was what like What is a Dead Sea product? Like a dead sea fish. Product. Like <laughs> <laughs> Like you know those you know those Dead Sea um Salt. So you know those people. Like, yes, I thought you meant. Oh my god! I thought you meant dead marine life. Me too. <laughs> I thought you were selling fish. <laughs> and I was like, I guess Sarah's a vegan and says <laughs> fish. <laughs> no one is hot enough to override the smell of a dead fish. <laughs> I thought. I thought you were like maybe vegan, and you called like fish like dead sea products. <laughs> and I was like, that's the word for it. <laughs> no, like from the Dead Sea in Israel. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> we immediately went to fish. I like my girls literal. And I was like, <laughs> um, no, whatever. He was one of those people. And people like it was like this outdoor gallery. I think he was with his cousin. He had just come to the states for some reason. You just like. I always tell people, I'm like the person you meet is so going to break a pattern for you that's going to be your – it's like – first of all, I also believe in the concept. Yogi is my, is my person that I've chosen in this life and like all lives I can see from now on. I also know that I could be happy and in love with another person and he could be happy in love with another person. Like yeah. I don't believe that we have one soulmate by any stretch of the imagination. I just truly don't. And I know – but I do know the satisfaction of what it feels like to build a kingdom brick by brick that is perfectly suited to your needs. And like to be able to build that, like I know the power of like grooming a partnership over time and how it just gets better and better and better. And 11 years, you go through seasons of being like, we went through seasons passing in the night, like with working and building ourselves. We went through seasons where we were like, didn't always like each other at moments. Like there was always love there, but didn't always like each other in a moment. But the fierceness that we have always stayed dedicated to being so like, I am like lethal with communication in my life. If we're going to be in each other's lives, like you can tell me anything in the entire world, but like if you can't express it and we can't have that safety of being able to express and to be, you know, to be able to communicate in that way, then you, then we're just, it's not, we're not going to be able to go in the depth that we're, you know, 
designed to go into, particularly when we're in partnership, right? So we've been working, and mind you, he speaks English as a second language. So this has been a, I am like, I'm like, you said this, what does that mean to you? (laughs) (laughs) Describe dating someone from Brazil right now, so she understands. No, he'll say, he goes, I have to tell you how I feel, but the only word for it is in Brazil, and there's no, there's no, like, there's no English translation. I'm like, okay, well, can you describe what that would mean, like, in a couple English words? You can't. There is no word for it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, can you act yeah. it out? Like, sign it with me. He will, he will literally look at me dead in the eye, full Portuguese sentence. Oh, I wish you knew what I just said because I don't know how to say it. I'm like, okay. Perfect. You're like me too. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It's it's crazy. It's the it's the it's the best gift ever in the sense that you get this like duplicated world and this expression. Because there's there's things now that I've learned Hebrew and I resisted learning Hebrew for years, mainly because I didn't feel like there was a lot of like utility, a lot of work involved in like the and the you know all these things that were just i was like i had a i had a plan that i was going to move back to spain and i was going to marry a mediterranean i had studied abroad in spain and that was like my path so i was like okay you you grew you grew up in the mediterranean too i don't know if i'm going to learn this hebrew situation that can sound only like what i make when i'm sick sometimes <laughs> in my original perception of it but it has been the greatest gift of my life learning the language because you just yeah. now there's senses of self and expressions that like I really do express in Hebrew, and that's a more honest expression than what I would than the literal translation in English. But it is also there's zero shortage of it being hilarious every single day. Like the mishaps of language. Like we were talking about astrology the other day, and I'm like I'm back in my astrology kick. I'm back in like the space for it. I go through seasons of being like uh, I don't want to outsource my intuition too much. I don't want to like give too much power there. But now I'm feeling. Like I have this healthy marriage with it right now or healthy relationship. And I was talking about nodes and like South nodes and North nodes. You guys are familiar with that. And um, and I I really feel like my North node is Aries and I'm like stepping into that Aries with just like the decisive quick decision making and movement versus the Libra of like the tending to everybody, making sure everybody's settled before we move on to the next round or whatever. And Yogi was like, could not. He was just like, he had the weirdest facial expression, like, the whole time and I was like what's up dude what what do you do what's like what's what's going on he goes do you know what node means in Hebrew and he's like and I'm like no he goes fart (laughs) he's like as you're trying to tell me these poetic things about your farts from the south the farts from the north (laughs) it's 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 really forced me truly to like get really serious with with my language it's been a beautiful kind of exercise that I even bring into other relationships to be like you know because words words have oceans of meaning to me I love words words are so words just I love there's something and that's a storyteller in me too like I just there's it can really transport us when we're really connecting on a word and we're sharing that space and we truly have that connection of what we really both mean like it's it's shocking how much we I have a I have, I have my training in dialogic communication too around what you can build and then destroy like destroy through conversation. Um, so I just love it so much, but that's why it's like I think the universe has given me someone who doesn't speak English as a second language because it's constantly being like, let's break that down by what you mean by why you think. Like I asked him to read something the other day, this like forward I was writing for somebody, and he was like, and I was like, what do you think? It's like it's inspiring. He goes, it's coherent. 
And I was like, it's coherent. And he was like, yes, it's coherent. It's, and I was like, what do you mean when you, when you use the word coherent? What do you mean? He goes, it's, 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 it's powerful. It takes you away. It's this beautiful inspiration. I was like, so when I hear you say coherent, it sounds clinical base. It sounds like you're telling me <laughs> clinical baseline and somewhere it will make grammatical sense. Like it's like, yeah. but, but you don't even have to speak another language to be like, we realize how much we don't understand each other in the day you no, know I'm, li- I'm literally sitting there trying to like the craziest thing was trying to explain a sorority to kind of he was like so like a cult were you like swash being blood and then i was like yeah and then when i in high school when i went to prom he's like what's prom i'm like okay 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 where did you guys meet we met in a coffee shop. I worked in a coffee shop in Hawaii. He was on vacation. It's this all Israeli run coffee shop. So yeah. I'm down with the Israelis. What did I learn? This word manashaba or something like Mani- my love. Manishma. Neshama. No, I think it was the first one. Like it was Mani- like my love or like I love you or something. Um, I love you is like reference and you have it. But it's. Money, like nishima is like a term you would use to say like my soul, my soul. They use that a lot. Um, manishma means like what's up? Maybe that. Maybe was- that. Oh wait, maybe that was it. Maybe I was learning how to say like, what's up manishma to my owners. Is- it's like, yeah, you'd like manishma. It's like a yeah, manishma. Yeah, but yeah. we met in there, and uh, when I met him, his English was so not like not where it is right now. And I like do credit myself for his English acceleration because he's talking to me every day and I'm like da, 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 da. he's like wait okay hold on so yeah anyway how long have you guys been together I met him in October in Hawaii and he lives in California so and I'm about to move to Italy so we're just like all over the world right now places are going so wow you're moving to Italy yeah July Where? 10th Florence yeah <sighs> Very excited. Big step. I've never even been to Europe. So this is like a full send. Yeah. Allie already has her trip booked yep. in September. We're doing, we're doing yeah. Spain and Italy together. Oh, my God. I know. We, we might be actually in Italy at the end. We'd probably be there in, in October because Yogi's, okay. Yogi's getting his Portuguese citizenship because oh. of – like we're like we just came across this. You can get a law of return if you were kicked out as a Jew during the Inquisition. <laughs> what? <laughs> great, great, take it, get it. You see this Portuguese lineage. I'm like, go for it, go for it, go for it. So why not? Uh, I guess if you can get it, get it. That's right. Uh, Raising kids there. Who knows? Just gives me options. Gives me gives me yeah. options for getting collect all the citizenships that you yes. can. My roommate right now is like, I think I'm gonna get my citizenship in Belize because we have a house there. I'm like, yeah, go for it. You never know what will happen. Dude, exactly. I it's good to have those options. And it's like it's just nice to also dream into those other possibilities that that force you to dream bigger. Like force mm-hmm. you to be like, Oh yeah, that is an I could option. Do that. Because yeah, it's like I could live there. I could have a family. I know. There. I was like, we're so we don't have any kind of citizenships that we can get, Allie. What the heck? We're gonna no, thanks, mom and dad, for outsource <laughs> average. We're gonna have to outsource through marriage to get another <laughs> citizenship. Yeah, do it, do it, or extreme um, wealth, and then go buy a house there. Perfect. Yeah. So I feel like we've talked about so many good things that I could revisit over and over again. Like, I just, I love talking to you. Yeah, I think we should just call this episode, like, funny shit. Like, just funny stuff. 
like, no, no real topic, no real questions, just funny vibes, just vibes, <laughs> just vibes. Oh my god. Okay, we like to end the episode with two things for every guest. The first thing is, do you have a mantra or affirmation that you've been living by recently? Yeah, I've been having, I've been, Al, you and I talked a little bit about that, that understanding of the difference between like yearning, like what, what I want to do and what societal pressures wants to do. And I've been asking myself, is this mine? I have two ones actually, because there's, so one is, is this mine? If I'm taking on a pressure and I'm feeling like it's someone, maybe it's a some sort of external pressure I feel to to do something, to to make a certain video or to like go a certain route, like is this mine? And number two, I love that. I've been, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that, that too. A huge yeah, check. This is not mine. You can feel it in your body just to be like, okay, and then you make your decision based off that. You just have a little less attachment to it, right? Because there's strategic moves you make. You know, you don't disconnect from a society you're part of, but like. I don't have to be so engulfed in that. That can be a strategic move. And then I can work on really leaning into my yearning, my the stuff that's really mine. And, and a big thing I've been doing as well is like really studying into growth and fixed mindset, like doing a ton of work in that around um, particularly for, for threes. This is really important stuff where we're capable of achieving an enormous amount, capable of taking on an enormous amount, but also making sure that we're not um, – we're not marrying our sense of self-worth to our productivity, right? To our sense of self-worth, to our a- output. So I am forcing myself into situations where I'm having have a learning curve lately. And that's been, that's been wild for me. You know, that like real vulnerability of just like, I'm talking, taking like big bites of it, right? Not the secret little like fake, but I'm really avoiding anything that's going to throw me off my, my game. But I like have what's been What's an finding, example? Like, um, <sighs> Like learn, like taking on a project, it's like on this entrepreneurial space, saying yes to certain projects that I've never done before. And normally I would outsource and hire another person to do that, but to go and, um, and to take that on, like saying no to this other podcast that I had made, it's really like deciding that I was going to go. And then that means taking on a whole other lot of work and, um, the learning curve of like building out all these other processes by myself. Right. And then I've been finding myself, giving myself grace with saying when I'm, in my head when I'm like, what are you fucking doing if I'm not getting something quickly? Because I'm used to getting things quickly. Right. So that's what I'm trying to do is go into spaces where I'm like getting comfortable with not getting things quickly and allowing myself to get into beginner's mind. But I tell myself, I literally have these dialogues. Like I had it last night. I, when I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, oh my God, this, this. And then I'm like, and I disconnect and I'm on the other side and I'm like, I'm learning. And that's part of the process. You're learning. Mm-hmm. Like to be, have grace with yourself. Like for some reason, it was such a radical shift to just be like, there's okay to have grace with yourself on the on the map. Where they're like to be, have the process be the destination, have the process be the, the goal, right? And not yeah. be so married to this outcome or having it to be perfect and shiny and perfect because that comes easily to us, right? We're massive executors. We're able to, you know, we're able to see all the details and then we're kind of burdened with the details of possibility with there. So like to allow myself to remember that like the learning is messy and the learning is critical, right? Yeah. And 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 to just have freedom in that. So is this true is my number one mantra. And then I'm learning is my I'm second learning. one. I love that too, love because that. when you're so focused that. on the outcome and the goals, you get it. And then it's like, okay, what's the next one? You know, it's like you have to fall in love with the journey of getting there or else you're going to be continuously unfulfilled. That, like, boom, that's it. I almost said something to you in Hebrew. 
because that's like fuckless, <laughs> which means like that's it. Baseline. Yeah. Point. Period. Done. <laughs> Period. Uh, um, all right. The last thing um, we usually end it with a fun "Would you rather" question, but I think we're gonna leave it open ended. If you could be on any reality show and have it be your life, which one would you pick? Duggars, nineteen kids and counting. Just Duggars, early day Duggars, <laughs> nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be raw dogging out there at the fire. <laughs> I fucking love the Duggars. I like have the biggest fascination with them. Bird like, has been a Dugger I, fan for a long, long time. Name every child. Like I just can't believe that that's real life. I can't believe that exists. But and they like all have like the same name, but just spelled differently. They're like <laughs> Josiah, Jesse, <laughs> Joanna, that's- Joy, James. <laughs> That's how I felt with Kate plus eight, John and Kate plus eight. Do you remember that? Uh, that yeah, eight, yeah. I was ready to just leave my life and go like <laughs> hide in the bushes and watch these kids. Like I was like obsessed, and then it started to get like too dark. Yeah, weird. That, yeah, that's that's how the Duggars took the Duggars took a turn to with their little <laughs> oldest son went astray. That was weird. Um, but anyways, on real note, I would pick. Obviously, Kardashians, my only show that I like. Yeah. Literally, I do not watch TV. Bert, except Bert, for the you can be Caroline with the K. Yeah, I would legally change my name. I would go to the courthouse right now and change my name to Caroline Kardashian. The new season is so good, I think. Yeah, the Hulu product, like the Hulu produced season is like amazing. So much better. Like I know. Yeah. Anyways, what about you guys? Hmm. Um truly right now the home edit. <laughs> like, really? yeah. right. I mean, I guess like because I would like there to be something that I really take away versus like a train wreck dumpster fire of my life. Right. So the, the, the Kardashians is a, is a close second because they're yeah. looking like they're getting some pretty nice kickback. Yeah. Yeah. But then maybe the end on John and Kate was eight. I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of things you could explore with this question. I mean, fear factor, say yes to the dress. Like, there's a lot of different routes you could go. Survivor, naked and afraid. Oh, Hell no, that would be my last one. Um, <laughs> I think, honestly, I think Project Runway. I would love to just like oh, have challenges I- that I'm like creating and be getting to be creative and design for. I think that would be so much fun if I had like fun fact, y'all. Ali worked on Project Runway. I did in college as intern, <laughs> and I got to go see it. Oh my god, it was so lit! I did, dude. I was a little production assistant, the talent production assistant. I wrangled oh, the talent. Ali had to like send home the contestants, and they're like, "I'm allergic to air conditioning and orange juice." <laughs> He was like, I don't give a fuck. Get inside. It's hot. <laughs> well, you better tap your Benadryl, bitch, because you're going to <laughs> like One of the contestants was trying to run away um, in Central Park and had to physically chase him down. Oh, my God. <laughs> true we, shit, we, could, we could literally – I could literally come back and we could literally talk about the most insane – like, I've worked on a lot of different shows, even if it's just, like, moonlighting things, and the stories I have are – I'm not going to write a tell-all, so I could spill them here. <laughs> All right. It's, you guys DM us if you want to if you want to hear. Literally, TV <laughs> we'll production and just production in general, like, the craziest shit happens. Like, you can't make it up. Yeah. And that – and, like, and like the home edit is pretty, pretty chill comparative. It is – it was it was wild. But, like, it's – there's some things that you're just like, wow. I can't believe we did that. Dignity at the door. Left my <laughs> dignity at the door. 
Well, I'm so glad that the home edit brought you into my life. I love you so much. And I'm just, I love this conversation. The best podcast, the best episode we've ever recorded, like in comic value, because I'm sitting here like, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm glad we finally got to meet too. So, me too. Me too. Oh my God. You girls are the best. And I love that you're doing this. And Ali, I adore you to pieces. Adore you to pieces. And now, Bird, you're my life. And yeah. I I got Perfect. you. I got you on that. I got you on that intercultural relationship. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I'll show you a message if I'm ever having like a hard day. Do. Please, please do. And I love you girls and keep doing this. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Wait, tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, yeah. So they can find me at Now Tell Me Something Good. And the podcast is going to be under that name. And otherwise, I'm really just a Sarah Yorgrau, which I should probably spell. Y-O-U-R-G-R-A-U. South African. Perfect. (laughs) Well, go forward. Check out the podcast. It's going to be amazing. I already know. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. I love you, guys.